Welcome to the Renewed Mind Podcast, presented by Jameson Smallwood, recorded live at Mount Olive Missionary Baptist Church in Woodstock, Georgia. This morning, um, I'm happy because we're going to be talking about someone who is um, dynamic, powerful, unbelievable at times. We're talking about Paul. If this was the Catholic Church, we call him St. Paul. Amen. And, you know, Paul is historically thought of as somewhat of a, somewhat of a, a masculine, sexist, uh, controversial figure in the, in, in, in the New Testament at times by certain people. Certain, I guess you would say, liberal New Testament, uh, theologians. But I'm going to try and paint a picture of Paul this morning through scripture. Amen. And really help us to understand why Paul is, is, is somebody who, you know, if, if there was somebody, you know, that we would worship other than Jesus, I would make the case it would be Paul, but we know that Jesus is the only person we're, we're going to worship as Christians and God, Amen. But if there was another, if there was another man who had as much impact on the world, um, it would have been, it would have been arguably Paul. Um, so this morning we are in in our Bible study guide number ten, and today's date is November fourth, and we are studying the topic of Paul before King Agrippa. Our Bible background scripture is Acts um, chapter twenty five, verses twenty three through the book of Acts chapter twenty six. Verse 32, and our printed text this morning can be found in the book of Acts, chapter 26, verse 19 through 32. And our devotional reading this morning can be found in Acts, chapter 23, verses 1 through 11. Our aim for change, by the end of the lesson, we will know why Paul stood up for what he believed, feel confident in sharing our faith, and examine ways to defend our faith, even in the face of rejection. And our verse to keep in mind, but he said, I am not mad. Most notable, most noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness. Acts chapter 26, verse 25. Amen. Amen. This morning, we're going to really, like I said, continue to, and, and develop this concept of who Paul is. Who is Paul? What does the Bible say about Paul? And we're going to also look at how Paul, one appeal, this one moment in time, began to change the world and, and really spread the gospel. And, and take it from just being something that was a local phenomenon to being a worldwide mission. And we're also going to talk um, about Paul and as a bond servant um, for Jesus Christ. Amen. So let me read the scripture. I've got it here in our New International Version so that we can better understand it. And it, it's a little bit clearer. And I'll read it for the class. This is Acts chapter 26, verses 19 through 32. And this is from the New International Version. So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven. And Paul was talking about when he was on the road to, road to Damascus and was, and was struck down by Jesus Christ through that vision. First to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and then to the Gentiles, I preached that they should repent and turn to God and demonstrate their repentance by their deeds. So before I go into, and try to give us a scriptural survey of what what makes up Paul, who Paul is. Someone out there, tell me who Paul, who is Paul? Who is Paul? We, we hear him mentioned all the time in church, probably almost as often as we hear Jesus Christ mentioned. Who is Paul? Paul. 
Who is Paul? Paul's an apostle. Okay. Okay. Paul's an apostle. That means someone who had intimate contact with Jesus Christ, firsthand experience with Jesus Christ, walked with Christ, was taught by Christ, he commissioned by Christ. He's from the tribe of Benjamin. He's a Benjamite. Okay. Okay. He's from the tribe of Benjamin. Okay. Sister, um, sister, sister Bates said something when she was reading her, uh, devotional, the devotional reading this morning. And, uh, and he, he used the word about to describe himself. Starts with a P and a H. Ends with the E. He's a Pharisee. Okay. So now he's a Pharisee. So we've got a lot of different things here. And, and one of the ones I'll give you guys too is that Paul is a scholar and an intellectual. Paul wasn't just somebody who was a farmer, a simple farmer who came to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Paul was a brilliant mind. And Paul at the time, you know, would have arguably had an education. And I'm just kind of throwing this out here so we have something to compare it to. Paul arguably would have had an education that was worthy of, of a Harvard level education or Yale Ivy League education. Paul was, Paul was knowledgeable in, in Jewish law. And in, and in Jewish teaching, amen. Also, Paul was a Roman citizen. So let's, let's back up some of these with scripture this morning. Let's tackle this first part about Paul being a scholar and intellectual. And that's going to be in the book of Acts, chapter 22, verse 3. That's the book of Acts, chapter 22, verse 3. Okay. Acts 22, verse 3. And it says, it's from the New International Version. I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city. I studied under, I studied under Gamaliel and was thoroughly trained in the law of our ancestors. I was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. Okay. So Paul is saying, now, why did I say that he was a scholar? And then I took us to that scripture. This, this teacher that he said he studied under, um, Gamaliel, he was a high-ranking rabbi uh, and, and teacher at the time. I had to do a little research on him, and uh, he is somebody who you would, if you, if, I guess, if you had to give him a contemporary, um, he would have been someone like a, a famous professor. I don't know, um, maybe you know somebody who's famous, like a Stephen Hawking, someone who was just an intellectual of his time. He was, he's, he's equivalent to Aristotle as far as the Jewish faith goes at that time. He was the man who was the, who, he was the, the, the standard for teaching. And Paul said he studied under this man. Okay. So that's why I said when I say he had an expensive education, that's what I mean. Paul studied from the best of the best. So Paul wasn't just, you know, he wasn't just some fly by night guy. He, he was a smart, very learned man. Now, there's another one here that we talked about. Okay. I said Paul was a Roman citizen. In the same chapter of the book of Acts, chapter 22, let's jump down here to verses 22 through 29. Okay? Because this sets us up for some, some interesting points later on in our lesson. Okay? Acts 22, verses 22 through 29. The crowd listened to Paul until he said this. Then they raised their voices and shouted. And this is Paul. He was sharing the gospel with the crowd. He was preaching the gospel. So they got upset with him. Um, then they raised their voices and shouted, rid the earth of him. He's not fit to live. As they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and flinging dust in the air, the commander ordered that Paul be taken into the barracks. He directed that he be flogged 
and interrogated in order to find out why the people were shouting at him like this. As they stretched him out to be to, to flog him, Paul said to the, the centurion standing there, Is it legal for you to flog a Roman citizen who hasn't been yet, I'm sorry, who hasn't even been found guilty? Okay? Paul is a Roman citizen. Okay? And this is important. Who else in the New Testament can we remember being flogged? Who else in the New Testament can we remember being flogged? Jesus Christ was flogged, right? Jesus was flogged. Jesus wasn't a Roman citizen, though. Paul was. He had dual citizenship. Now, that's eerily similar to what happened to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He is preaching. Paul is preaching the gospel. And now people are about to, to take him and flog him to figure out why people are so upset at him. Eerily similar, right? I think that's I think that's something that 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 goes back to the heart of when Paul was called, um, and we'll talk about that. But there was a, there was a there was a pronouncement made over Paul's life by Jesus Christ Himself as to what he would have to deal with and suffer for for preaching the gospel. Amen. Everybody, follow me on that one. Paul is almost walking in the footsteps of Jesus here. He's about to be flogged too. But Paul he says, "Is it legal for you to flog a Roman citizen who hasn't even been found guilty of anything?" Well, we, we know the answer to that is no, right? Now, let us, um, let's continue this, let's, let's continue reading this here. Now, this is, this is even more eerily similar, right? As they, as they were shouting, this is the crowd, and throwing off their cloaks and flinging dust up, dust into the air, they took their cloaks off. Do we remember another scene involving Paul where people were taking off their coats? When, what was this? When Stephen was getting stoned. So here is Paul, now a Christian preaching the gospel, he is a, he's a, he's been arrested, and these people are trying to kill him. The, the Jews the Jews of the time are trying to kill him, and look at what they're doing. They're taking off their cloaks, getting ready to getting ready to do them harm. But thank God, Paul wasn't standing there this time as Saul to hold their coats. They didn't have anybody holding their coats. But this is eerily similar, right? Now I, I'm just I'm just trying to help you to paint the picture of who Paul is. Paul is a man who once was who once believed that he was doing the right thing, but now he he comes in, into contact with Jesus Christ, and he's in a totally different mindset not mindset and spirit of spirituality. Now he's trying to spread the gospel, and now the very thing that he was doing to people is not being done to him. Right? That's amazing, amen. Some of us may have had that testimony if we were Christians who, when before we got saved, we might have mocked the church and said, I'm not going to be involved with the church and I might not care nothing about the church. And now we're in church being mocked by people just like we were on the outside of the church. Amen. Some of us might have that testimony. Some of us might not. But some of us have been saved all our lives. Amen. From day one. Leave that alone. Leave that alone. Now, we've got this picture of Paul. He's being flogged and he's being beaten. Okay. Now, let's, let's talk deeper about this. We said Paul was a Benjamite, and if you'll, t- if you'll make a note of, of this scripture, this is Philippians chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. Paul as a Benjamite. For it is we who are, circ- are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. And when Paul says no confidence in the flesh, no confidence in your ability to keep the law entirely on your own. You can't do it. You can't be obedient to God's law on your own. And then, and then, then Paul says in verse 4, Though I myself 
have reasons for such confidence. Now, why was Paul confident that he could keep the law in his own mind before he was saved? Why did he believe this? Here it is. Okay. If someone else thinks that they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. So Paul says, even if you think you could keep the law yourself, I've got more reason to believe that. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, okay, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to in regards in regard to the law, a Pharisee, okay. Paul was a Pharisee. Paul was a Hebrew of Hebrews. Paul was the man, okay. Paul was Paul was a powerful man of respect and, and admiration in the Jewish faith, in the Jewish community, and Paul became a Christian. Okay, now for just for the, for your for your scholastic understanding, when when we say the term Benjamite, why is that a noteworthy term? Okay, why was why would why would somebody be proud to say that they were from the tribe of Benjamin? Now what now what did Jacob's sons do to Joseph? Because you're hitting on it deep. They sold him into slavery. Before that, they plotted to kill him, but then they sold him into slavery instead because they thought that was a, a nicer thing to do. Because, exactly, because Benjamin was too young to take part in that foolishness, right? So, so he, so Benjamin, Benjamin's name doesn't have the blood of, of all that, of all that crazy, uh, infighting that's, that's associated with the other brothers, okay? He was, I mean, he was, you know, five, six, I think, I mean, he was real young. He was, I mean, he wasn't grown. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't there with them doing it. Cause we talked about that a couple months ago. But, uh, yeah, he was too young, too young. You know, he, you know, it's hard to imagine someone who's five or six saying, yeah, throw him in, you know, throw him in the pit. <laughs> you know? Right now it wouldn't be. Amen. But, uh, at the time that was the case. So when we say Benjamin was, uh, he, he doesn't have that, that doesn't have that stigma attached to him. Benjamin didn't sell his brother Joseph into slavery. Okay, that was that was the older brothers doing that craziness. So when he says he's a Benjamite, Paul is saying I'm from a noble tribe. Okay, of all, I have I have good, I have good lineage. Okay, right? We're all familiar with that. Amen. We're familiar with that. We see that we see that term thrown around sometimes when we when we hear people talk about being royalty. You know, I'm, who my family members are and where do I descend from? Okay, so we talked about that. He's a Benjamin. He's an elite Jew. Okay, now let's talk also about his conversion, and in particular, his purpose. Now you take a man like Paul, who's been given all this all this stuff um, by 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 his by his education. He's been given his standing. Okay, God has positioned Paul. God has positioned Paul to be to be. In the in in this with all this talent, all this gift, he got his position, Paul, to be a powerful testimony when he is converted into Christianity. Amen. That makes sense. Okay. Now, Paul is a Pharisee. Paul is one of these people who who of uh, the same sect of Jews who killed Jesus. Okay. And then Paul does what on the road to Damascus. After, after basically on, on a hunt for more, for, for more Christians, Jesus Christ strikes him down and turns his life completely around and sends him now as a missionary out to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. I would make a claim that, that, that all of that equipping, all of that, all of that design of Paul's life was part of God's will 
so that at that very moment when Jesus Christ came into his life, Jesus Christ would have a bona fide, unequivocal soldier to go out and do the, do the hard missionary work that, that was required. He got, Jesus needed a zealot to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. And who did he find? He found Paul. He found Paul. Amen. I mean, is there any questions about that? And, and, I, and, and the, 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 the made this applicable to us as Christians, what we are is what God needs. Okay? What we are is what God needs. If Paul had all this learning and all this education, all this social standing, all this religious and philosophical training, he had all this knowledge, then God calls him into the kingdom, into, into, Christ, into, the, into service to Jesus Christ, to become a, gent, a missionary to the Gentiles, a preacher to the Gentiles. All those things were leveraged later on, if you read the book of Acts, to preach the gospel, every last one of them. And even the, even the scripture I read where Paul says he's the Hebrew of Hebrews, Paul is using his own reputation as a Pharisee to give credibility to the gospel. Amen? And now, what I'm saying for each and every one of you is, whatever your talent is, whatever you're good at, whatever it is that you feel that God has given you a, a gift for doing, that is, that gift was given to you to help upbuild the kingdom of God, to be able to witness more effectively for Jesus Christ. Amen? And I think that's an important uh, thing to point out there, Deke. He was an expert Jew, okay? Paul, I mean, Paul was knowledgeable. So very often you hear people arguing against something, but they don't understand the other side of the argument very well. Well, Paul, if anybody knew the, the Jewish argument for why Jesus Christ wasn't the Messiah, it was Paul. But then Paul had reputation. He had a, the ability to refute that by using his own conversion experience and looking at the law through the, through the eyes of grace and, and through what Jesus Christ had revealed to him. Amen. All right. All right. Let's let's transition here a little bit. Okay, talk about some of this stuff. Let's look in our um let's look here in our lesson this morning. And we're going to look at the under the background, the very last paragraph here. And we're going to set ourselves up for discussing the appeal that Paul made. The very last paragraph under the background says, Felix is succeeded by another governor um, Porcius um, Festus the Jewish authorities quickly meet with Festus and urge him to transport Paul to Jerusalem unknown to the governor they secretly plan, secretly planned to have Paul assassinated during the transport this plan was thwarted and under God's direction Paul wisely appeals to Festus to be tried in Rome as a Roman citizen Festus had no choice and Paul was brought to Rome to appear before Caesar thus fulfilling the scripture. Now let's look at that instance. Let's look at that instance in time there where Paul makes this appeal. Okay. Let's look at Acts chapter 25, verses 9, 9 through 12. Acts chapter 25, verses 9 through 12. Because I made the point that Paul said that he was a Roman citizen. Okay. Verse 9. Festus wishing to do the Jews a favor said to Paul, are you willing to go up to Jerusalem and stand trial before me there on these charges? Paul answered, I am now standing before Caesar's court where I ought to be tried since I'm a Roman citizen. I have not done any wrong to the Jews as you yourself know very well. If, however, I am guilty of doing anything deserving death, I do not refuse to die. But if the charges brought against me by the Jews are not true, 
No one has the right to hand me over to them. I appeal to Caesar. Now, who is Caesar? Now, we hear, we've heard this word outside of the Bible now. Caesar. He was a Roman emperor. He was, he was the top of the top. Okay? Now, this isn't, this isn't, I don't know if this is Julius Caesar. Can't say that. But this is Caesar because they, they use those names repeatedly. But this is Caesar. This is, this is the head of the Roman Empire. This would be like saying, I want to talk to Barack Obama himself. Or more accurately, I would say, probably is, I want to go and talk to the Supreme Court judges and plead my case before them. Because Roman law took priority over Jewish civil law, Paul successfully appealed to be heard by Caesar, um, then Rome, uh, then emperor of the, of, of Rome. So they couldn't kill anybody. Because that would, that would, that would take precedent over the Roman law. So as a result, he appealed and said, you can't kill me. Which is why they wanted Festus to sentence them to death, sentence Paul to death. Now, let's, let's get deeper into this. Verse 12. After Festus had conferred with, conferred with his counsel, he declared, you have appealed to Caesar. To Caesar, you will go. Okay. Now, I, now I made a point here this morning. Okay. Paul appealed to Caesar. Why did Paul appeal to Caesar? Caesar is the man. He's the top of the food chain as far as the Roman Empire is concerned. He is the highest court in the land. Why did Paul appeal to the highest court in the land? If Paul is sharing the gospel, all right, let me, let me, let me slow down here and come back. Y'all, 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 yeah, the daylight savings time. Amen. We, we gonna pray about that. The, if Paul, if Paul is sharing the gospel with people, what does the gospel have the power to do? Change people. Right? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing what? The word of God. Amen? Now, this is what Paul is arguing. Okay? Now, Paul could have, Paul could have appealed to anybody higher than Festus within Rome to hear his case. But Paul, Paul chooses to go to the highest court in the land at the time. He wants an audience with Caesar. Okay? I would make the claim this morning that if you change the hearts of leadership, if you can change the hearts of the people in charge making laws in the country, if you can take the gospel to those people and get them to believe it, then you change the culture. You change the whole world. Right? Caesar isn't just, and you have to understand the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire is called an empire because it is it is in charge of the known world. It is it is it is at the time equivalent to the United States of America as far as as far as power in the in the world. And Caesar, and, I'm sorry, and Caesar is is equivalent to our president. Paul wants to go talk to Caesar himself and share the gospel with Caesar, and then ask Caesar, Caesar, do you believe what I've said? Now, y'all say, well, Brother Smallwood, you just up there pontificating, making up stuff. Let me get back into the scripture. Let me get back into the scripture. Amen. Let's look at the book of Acts, chapter 9, verses 11 through 16. Because we have to understand what Paul was called to do. Amen. Paul was called to do this, to share the gospel. Amen. With kings. Acts chapter 9, verses 11 through 16. The Lord told him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, 
for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. So Paul has been, has been blinded by Jesus Christ at this point. Now, here's the part we really care about. All right. Well, verse 15 is what we're going to care about. Verse 13, though. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. Verse 15, here's what we care about. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. That's called, that's Paul, that's Paul's commission. Amen. Roman people, the Roman Empire were Gentiles. Caesar was their king. Let me repeat that. The Roman Empire was the, were Gentiles. They weren't Jews. They weren't Hebrews. And, and Caesar was their king. So when Paul says, let me appeal to Caesar, Paul is fulfilling that commission that Christ gave him. Paul wants to go all the way to the head of the Roman Empire and preach the gospel to Caesar himself. Amen. That's conviction. That's motivation. That's putting your faith to work. Okay. Now, let's transition again. Any questions about that? Are we, did we, did I paint that picture clearly? All right. Amen. Now, let's look at this a little bit deeper here. Okay. We talked about that, why Jesus commissioned Paul to speak to the Gentiles and their kings. Let me, let me, let me, let me tie all this together. Amen. Cause I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring all that into the, into the, into conclusion. Amen. So we got a question on the table. Why is it that, why is it that God chose Paul? Why did Jesus choose Paul to do this particular thing? What is it about Paul that made Paul special to go out there and carry forth, carry forth the message? Um, let's look at this deeper. Okay. Let's look at, let's look at the conclusion of our lesson. Acts chapter 26 verses 31 through 32. And they're in the lesson here. Okay. Now, as you find that scripture, I'm going to read it from the exposition here and we'll wrap this thing on up and I'll sit down. As far as they are concerned, and I'm reading from the third point of our exposition, Paul declared innocent. He is innocent. And he's talking, as far as the king, as far as King Agrippa and, and Bernice were concerned. However, it appears that there's a legal problem with, with setting him free. Paul's initial appeal as a Roman citizen was to have his case heard by the Roman emperor. Agrippa's response seemed to imply that once an appeal was made, it could not be retracted. Well, let me stop that. I disagree with who wrote this, the person who wrote this. From one of the very first things I read when I got saved was this story. Amen. I've been, and this, this story is like, me and this story go way back. So let me make the case this morning and, and, and try and put a, a bow nicely on the question that, 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 that Deaconess Gibbs asked about. Why is it that, why is it that God chose Paul? Paul was a Roman citizen. Paul was a Benjamite. Paul was a Pharisee. Paul was a Jew's Jew. He was the man as far as the Jews were concerned. Paul was also going around, uh, you know, persecuting Christians. Okay. Now the Bible teaches us, it teaches us that you will reap what? What you sow. Okay. Now we know that Paul was persecuting Christians. And then we hear that Jesus tells Paul, or tells Ananias about Paul, that you will have to you're going to have to suffer for my name. I'm going to show him how much you must suffer for my name. 
Okay, so G- so Jesus isn't without a sense of irony here. Jesus is telling Paul, just as you persecuted the the Christians, okay, now guess what? You're going to be persecuted as a Christian, okay? But you're going to also have a benefit and spread the gospel to everybody. Paul's a scholar, okay? Who wrote most of the New Testament? Who wrote most of the New Testament? It's an, it's an easy question. Paul, amen. We're talking about Paul this morning, amen. Paul wrote most of the New Testament. So now you've got a man who's a Jew's Jew, who's a Benjamite, Hebrew of Hebrews, who's a Pharisee, who's been, who's been going around persecuting Christians, amen. Now he is also a scholar. He's not just some, he's not a fisherman, a common fisherman as, as Peter was. He's not, he's not a tax collector as, as, uh, as Matthew was. This man is a scholar. He could be teaching in any synagogue he wanted to go teach in. God chose him because he was better equipped for the task. Amen. Our theology as Christians is largely based on what Paul wrote and taught. And, 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 and to wrap this all up and, and, and this piece up here, Paul's, um, Paul's teachings are so hard to understand that even Peter is quoted in his own letter that he wrote to the church as saying, some of the things that our brother Paul writes and teaches are hard to understand. Okay? Some people in church, because they're zealous, that means that they'll show up all the time, they'll be where they need to be at, they'll, 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 they'll clean the bathrooms, they'll clean and dust down the, the, the church, they'll do the hard, heavy lifting. That's what they're called to do. Some folks are in church because they have a scholastic understanding, they can read the Bible, they can chop it up and break it down, they can dispense it out to the Sunday school class, or they can write a sermon off of it. That's why some people are there. The body's made up of, of many members. Now, I, I, let, let, me, let me touch on what Deke said and give him a little support because y'all are making good points, and I'm going to transition this after this. What, what, what Deke is saying, too, is true. Me, I teach all these things. I teach about giving. I teach about service. I teach about motivating people to come to church, being prompted on time, and, and being where you're supposed to be at. Well, guess what I have to also do? I have to be prompt. I have to be on time. I have to give. I have to serve and sacrifice. And if I don't, it's one thing to give it lip service. But Paul, Paul didn't just give it lip service. Paul didn't just talk about giving and sacrificing. Paul made tents, right? When he, when the church couldn't support him, he went and made tents. So, well, that, there it is, D. Right? Not, not talking about me now. I'm not saying I'm Paul. I'm just saying, if you teach it, you gotta walk it too. Amen? Now, let's transition to this last point. Did you find that scripture with me? Acts 26, 31 through 32. We're going to wrap up here because this is where I get really happy about Paul. I love Paul. This is, this is what made me fall in love with Paul. It wasn't his, him being a scholar and all this other stuff. It was this right here. We're talking about service, right? We're talking about service. Okay? If you'll read that with me, let's, let's not, not, not out loud, but just read it to yourself. Verse 30, 32 says, Agrippa said to Festus, this man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. Now, let's wrap this up. Paul is a scholar. Paul ain't an idiot. Okay, and that's not good English, but I'm going to use it. Paul's not an idiot. Paul is a scholar. He's a, law, he's, a, he's, a, he's a student of philosophy. He knew his legal rights. Okay, Paul's not an idiot. So if, Paul, if, if all Paul cared about was being set free... Paul would have just simply went to Agrippa and appealed to him. Paul didn't want to be set free. Paul wanted to take the message from where he was all the way to the head of the Roman Empire and bring it to Caesar. That's what Paul wanted to do. Paul wasn't an idiot. 
And see, they said there was some problem with the legal system and Paul couldn't be set free. No, Paul was a man on a mission. Amen. And if you read verse 30 there, D, it says the king rose and with him, um, the governor and Bernice and those sitting with them, after they left the room, they began saying to one another, this man is, is not doing anything that deserves death. Okay? Now, I'm going to help you all understand this. Now, this is, another, this is just a little bit of theological thought and, and something for you all to ponder. Okay, how did people travel in Paul's time? They walked. Got on a camel. Okay. Ship. Now, there we go. Paul didn't have a ship. How was Paul going to get to Rome? Paul was going to walk to Rome? He could have walked to Rome, right? Paul used the fact that he was in chains, in bondage, and he let the government of Rome transport him all the way to Caesar. Paul used the government of Rome to transport him all the way as a prisoner to Caesar. Paul stayed in chains. See, y'all don't, I, I, let me help y'all get this, okay? Let me help y'all get this. Paul was, 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 Paul was a prisoner. Would, would any of y'all go out there who were falsely accused of a crime and you had a case that the local judge would, would, would find you innocent on, but you said, no, that's not good enough. I want to go to the Supreme Court judge. You could have been set free at the, at the local judge. You could be set, you could have been set free at the district judge. You said, that's not good enough. I want to appeal my case to the Supreme Court. Who would keep appealing a case when they knew they would have been found innocent if they just presented it before, before the local people, but now you want to, you want to go to the federal judges and talk to them? Because what your case is, is life changing. Your case is the gospel. Your case is, if I get them to believe and profess and accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, then the entire empire changes. That's what Paul was on a mission to do. And Paul stayed in chains to do it. Paul said he was a bondservant of Jesus Christ. He was bound in chains to serve Jesus Christ. He could have been set free, but he chose based on how he made his appeal because his job wasn't just to preach to King Agrippa. No, no, no. His job was to preach throughout the Roman Empire and take it all the way to Caesar. Amen. Now, we talk about Paul. And we like to scoop Paul around and say Paul's teachings are this and that. But you got to know the man of Paul. Because once you know Paul and his motivation and you see the example of Paul, there's no way you can sit back and think anything other than Paul than, thank you, Lord, for changing that man that day on the road to Damascus. That's why I love Paul. Because he did something I don't know if I could have done. You telling me I'm going to go up to San Quentin, Alcatraz, and I'm going to stay in change just so I can go there and preach the gospel to somebody? That's a high call. I'll stay there on that barbecue pit, D. I don't, I don't know about that one. In chains. And, 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 and Paul was saving folks all along the way. See, oh Lord, thank you for this. If you're, if you're, if you're going through some suffering, have you blessed somebody with the truth during your suffering? Are you just talking to people complaining? Or are you saying, this is how God is, is working on me and teaching me, and this is what gives me my comfort? Amen. Paul was in chains. Paul, when Paul stopped someplace, Paul preached to the, Paul preached to the, Paul and Silas preached to the prison guards. Right? Paul didn't just, he didn't just go through this without his ultimate mission in mind. 
Amen. Some folks stop coming to church when they start going through stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna leave that alone. That's another, that's another lesson. Amen. Are there any questions? Any comments? I can keep talking. I'm gonna say something that's about Paul for next time. Amen. Paul is a bad man. You know, he shook up the world. That's what Ali said, right? I shook up the world. No, Paul shook up the world. If you read in the book of Acts, there's a man who asked the question, who are these men who go, who turn the world upside down? And they've come here with their trouble. Amen. That's Paul. Paul's a bad man. Amen. See, we like to talk about Jesus being the son of God and he was God and that's how come he did all this stuff. Well, you got to know about Paul too. If you got the measure of grace you've been given, put it to use. Don't sit on that measure of grace and faith you've been given. Amen. You know, you know, I, I have to do what I do. Amen. And y'all can be mad at me if y'all you want to, but thank you, Lord, for giving me the chance to do it. Amen. Are there any questions? No questions, no comments. And, and let me say this and, and wrap us up here since nobody had any questions or comments. Um, if you, there was a, there was an exhibit downtown called Passages and it was just talking about the Bible and the book, the book of the Bible and all the challenges that that book went through. The people who wanted to translate it and, and the church at the time didn't want to translate it. You know, the, 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 and those corrupt, those corrupt people in the church didn't want to translate it for the common masses. And, the, and these people, these men were being burned at the stakes for translating the Bible. Can you believe that? Just be, and people were des- desiring to read and hear the word of God. And these people were, these people they couldn't do it because it was written in Latin or written in some, written in Hebrew and Greek. It wasn't the language of the people. But somebody sacrificed their lives, their lives and, 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 and faced the wrath of all this, uh, all this pressure. To get the word of God from being Greek and Hebrew and and, and and in Latin into English so that people could read it and translate it so people could read and consume it. What's happened to the church? What's happened to the church? 9.30 Sunday school starts. What happened to the church? Nobody's dying to get the word of God anymore. And nobody's even living to hear it. Amen. I'll leave that alone. Let me pray and dismiss y'all. Father God, we are here this morning grateful for your day, grateful for this hour, grateful for you being the man that you are, the God that you are. Father God, thank you for showing us through Paul the, 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 the spirit of a servant, the spirit of a man on a mission, Lord God, to, to tell the world about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God, help us to be like Paul. Help us, Lord God, to develop a spirit of service even when we're in shackles. Help us, God, to, to do what we're called to do, Lord God. God, everyone's not called to teach, Lord God. Everyone's not called to preach. But God, whatever we are called to, Lord God, help us to sacrifice that for the church. God, we are, we are, we are, we are, we perish as a people because we don't do what we're called to do. God, help us to understand that our purpose and our utility as people and as your creation was placed there because you have a purpose and a desire for us in the kingdom. These things I pray, Lord God, and ask in your son Jesus Christ's name. Amen. listen to another installment of the Renewed Mind Podcast. Be sure to listen again as we endeavor to renew our minds.